0: Welcome to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for joining us today. We're really believing that you'll benefit from the message that you're about to hear. A big thank you to those of you who share our podcast on social media. And thanks for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au. We have incredible news. Our our church got bigger this week. And um, it, it did, it did. Joshua Nicholas Nitties was born earlier this week, and so congratulations to to Kate to Nick special mention to Zara and Michaela because they're never going to watch this, but hey they were they were there and doing all this of stuff so fantastic, good to see them we'll see them when they come back in and so that that's great and last week we had a, an incredible A celebration for 15 years um, of Rivers Edge Church, and we had a prophetic ministry coming through. I wanted just to sort of, if I can encourage you, so what do we do with some of that stuff? And maybe you got a word or you didn't get a word, or there was was stuff spoken over our church, which was incredible. I think one of the ways to think about it is like a game plan. Uh, God has a, a preferred future for you. It's like a game plan that you can be involved in. You can be involved in. I think sometimes the, the Bible says to not despise prophecies because I think sometimes we go, yeah, yeah. It's always positive. It's always because that's the that's what it should be. But the thing what we need to understand is it's it's a game plan. God's involved in it. He's saying this is what I see if you will cooperate. But it's also understanding that the enemy it's combating against that in the world rather than a static blueprint, which is there and it's stuck and it's going to happen forever. It's like well, this should just happen, and so. Make it happen, God. It's God inviting you to partner with him in what he sees as your preferred future. So just thought I'd talk about that um, before we get into the word this morning. Are you ready? All right, so we are talking about making this year. It's probably the cry of our heart as we see what God wants to do in us and what we want God to do through us. And I I understand we're in different seasons. Uh, uh, Whatever is happening in your life, my challenge, and I, what I feel the Holy Spirit's saying to us, is: Can you make Meru for what God wants to do? And there's really probably two things that I thought after this we so were going to preach about. Obviously, we talked about this two weeks ago. One of them was identity is going to be a big challenge for people. Why, if I'm not who I am, if I don't totally understand who I am in Christ, it's a battle. And um, Faileen preached a great message last week, which you can watch about being adopted, part of the family of God. But this week, I want to talk about fear. Because I think fear is the thing that challenges us and comes against us. And we go to the next slide. You'll know what faith is. And we understand that fear and faith sort of wrestle and battle against each other. We combat fear with faith. And faith is the antidote to fear. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we we do not see, and I want to I want to share this morning I'm, I'm not going to stick in one passage I'm going to do sort of um, jump all over the place so take notes if you can uh, or take photos of the other thing that people do to sort of hey, there's a bunch of different scriptures and stuff but I want to look at how do we how do we deal with fear in our life how do we deal with fear and what do you see when you see this? How many people are, it's half empty? Thank you for being honest. How many people, it's, it's it's half full. How many people like, can we vote again? I'm not sure. Or how many people didn't vote? That's most of you because you're like, I don't do this. this. Yeah, okay, fantastic. It's not a trick question. Okay, so when you look at this, what do you see? Because there, are, there are, I think the challenge we look at this and we, and we go, it's, 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 There's only, it's, there's half left. And the extreme version of this is, well, it's the, what, what are we going to do when this runs out? How are we going to go? And it's going, it's the end of the world as we know it. Left to myself, I'm in that camp, all day, every day. I don't have to pray about it. I just live there. It's all good. I just I'm born like that and so I blame my parents. It's their fault. But I I am just like it's it's terrible. There are other people I know who are on the other extreme of like, it's awesome, this is amazing, this is just gonna keep coming, it'll happen, no worries, it's um it's always they remind me of like the everything is awesome dude from whatever that movie was. Lego movie something. Yeah, Lego. And the thing is we look at faith like this. We do. There are some people who are like, yes. And there are other people, yeah. If you make me say, yeah. And we sort of think, well, I've got these fears, these things in my life that are coming against and so I need faith. I need faith. And we use scriptures like that. God gives us a measure of faith. And, oh, I understand all that. And we look at it like this. And so we start to speak to things, grow, get, do this, do that, because we think I've got this faith, I've got, I've got something here. I've got more of this than the other thing, and we start to sort of. I think sometimes we, if we do this, well, if we speak to the glass to do this, words of faith, and the challenge for some of us is we adopt. A worldly way of thinking about faith rather than actually biblical worldview of faith. Because a worldly way of thinking about it just change your attitude. It's not half empty, it's half full. Boom. That's it. That's what the world calls faith. And the Christian world can sometimes like, Yes, just just think it's it's it's, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. So you get the the diagnosis from the doctor, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's like That's not faith. That's not faith. That's wishful thinking. And, and I think that challenge. I want, to, I want to talk about this this morning because I think we look at this and go, it's going to be great. But inside, you know it's not going to be great. You're just saying it. We're trying to convince yourself, it's going to be great. I'll just leave this here. So I wonder if there's a pattern for that we need to look at. And I'm going to, I can use alliteration this morning. So hopefully that will help you. I can't use egregious and other words like that. That's too long, too big, but I'm going to try if we can go. So let's look at the first. That's it. We look at our problems, our fears, and we think, oh my goodness they are giants, they are valleys, they are mountains. They're difficult situations that we must overcome. And we think, oh, I'm going to try to do this. I need to overcome this. Things that must be fixed, fixed. Problems that must be solved for Jesus reaching the world, doing all those things, financial problems, breakthroughs we're hoping for. But I want to change the way we ask you the same question what do you see I want to say what God sees when he sees this we see the problems the potentials the opportunities the difficulties that the dangerous situations God doesn't see that he sees more than that what God sees is the person holding the jug. God sees you and I with affection with potential that we, to quote Ephesians 2, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good. God prepared in advance for us to do. And so when he sees you and I, in our challenges, in the deepest, uh, difficult situation that we face, God sees the cry of our heart. God sees our pain, but he also sees you. God sees you. And he doesn't just see the problem. He sees the potential in you. Because we are his workmanship, created to do works that he's planned in advance for us to do. God has this ultimate, incredible idea that we are a work in progress to do something for his glory. And so today, I'd encourage you to think when it comes to the faith, the fear, and the battle, all that type of stuff, I think we need to start by understanding that God sees us first, the potential in us, and and change the focus, not some from just these challenges and these problems, Because nothing surprises God. Your unemployment or employment, the battle you're facing, the deepest fears that grip you, into those spaces and that moment, he speaks. Preferred future. Of who you are and what you could be. And, And you can see this right throughout the scriptures. I don't know if I have a, do I have another slide that has, yeah. No, go probably go back, I think. God speaks to the potential. When Jesus was to be baptized and to go and do all that God has him to do, go into the wilderness, be rejected by people, all of the challenges and the fears that he would have had, God says to him, you're my chosen one, son in whom I love. When God is looking for a deliverer for the Egyptians, that's the problem. That's the situation. He picks a person called Moses and says, I'm choosing you. Here's the thing. God sees you and I part of the solution to the problem because we're part of the potential that he sees. Like hey, There's more people when, when they need to cross over into the promised land, and Moses is there. God says, I want Joshua, I want you to lead. I want you to lead. You're the answer to the situation. Go. When God's looking for uh, someone to reach the Gentile nations, the people that were Jews, He's like, I'm going to pick. Slowly. He didn't pick a strategy. He didn't pick, okay, here's the problem. He picked a person. I want, I want you to see. Situation, the challenges, the difficulties that you're facing, and they're, and they're very real. And God is able to do miracles, God is able to work in them. But what do you need to see is you, part of the solution to God's problems? He's like, Here's the answer it's you. And so, what God does next, and so, what you need to understand, you need to understand the potential that God sees over your life. The second thing you need to do is to see what God says of you, the promises that he has. We understand what he he wants to do something in us. He wants to do something through us. And God makes promises. So Jesus says this, and probably the best illustration I can think of. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. The word of God will stand forever. This is what you need to understand. So this is why we read the Bible. That's why we revere it and we talk about it. And we spend time in the part of our connect groups is that we discuss it and think about what does this mean, the intersection of our life and faith. We, we hold on to the Word. Because whatever will happen in this world, the biggest obstacles, the biggest challenges, the biggest disasters that will happen, has happened, God's Word stands eternal and sits underneath all of this. He upholds all things by the power of His Word. It says in Hebrews, the challenge though, when it comes to faith, and this is, come back to this, this is where we'll be like, right, okay, I can just say anything and it will happen. And how many of you have tried that? Has And so you don't do it anymore. And so you live in fear rather than in faith. Because you're like, well, I had the promise, I read this, I read the Bible, I did a pick and flick, and I found something that was pretty cool, I liked that, that was good. You need to find, I want to, always for a moment, talk about this just for a moment, There's faith to read Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word about Christ. So we have faith. General faith, I believe in God. But what we're talking about is faith that you can hold on to in the middle of your problems, in the middle of your fear, that you can speak to the storm, you can come into those situations and go, no, how do you get that? Faith comes from hearing the message. That word there, that Greek word there, message, is rima. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words, the Greek word there is logos, which means the general, from page one to just before the maps, that's the logos, the whole word of God. But what he's talking about here, what Paul's writing out, faith comes by hearing a message. It's the Greek word for word, but it's a different. It's rima, means the specific word that comes alive in your life. What it looks like from you and I as you're reading something, and and you think, wow, that's God speaking to me. That's a, that's 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 suddenly this verse means more to me. It speaks into my situation. That causes faith in your heart if you let it. That brings the reamer. That's where you go. Oh, now I understand what God's trying to say. So we understand the general will of God from beginning to the end. That's all good, but faith. Will you come down to actually what God is saying? So every major decision that we have made as a family has been based out of God's word for us. We had an opportunity to do this and do that. So is it there in the Bible? Can I actually find the thing? No, but what I'm doing, I'm reading. I'm spending time in the word. And so there was a time when we were um, contemplating. We talked about, should I leave teaching, go and work for a church and do some other stuff? Big decision. I remember, my um, unsaved grandmother thought it was the biggest waste of education she'd ever seen in her life. Why would you go to university and give it up after all of this time and just go and work for a church? How do they even do that? Um, so, but we we were we were talking about it, praying about it. God speak to us to do something. And then we, we we were listening and we heard a message. We were at a creative event of the church that we were a part of, and someone got up and talked about stepping out stepping out into the unknown, stepping out into the... All, all I could think of was, this is God's word for my life. Now, the person was probably talking about stepping out creatively and doing all this type of stuff. We're sitting there going, God's just nailed us and told us we need to leave the comfortable thing and step out and resign from this and step into this thing. Like, we just knew. We, at the end of the day, we looked at each other and went, we know what God's saying. Okay. And it was part of the scripture there, but we was like, oh, that's good. Let me give you another example. We go to the next slide. Just so you can see what this looks like. And that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus, let us go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat. And so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? This is so normal. I love this story because I would love to think that I'm like Jesus. I'm totally like the disciples. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? But what we need, there's this one important phrase you need to understand in this story that changes everything. Because I've read this, because what happens next is Jesus just gets cross at them and says, what are you doing? Where's your faith? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. How many of us have got up and gone, I want to speak to the storm? And nothing's happened. Then the wind died down. It was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked the judge, who is this? Even the wind and the waves are him. Do you know what the difference in this story is? Why Jesus was so like, you've missed it. It was the one bit he said right at the start. Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. Here's what this looks like. You're reading your Bible and God says to you, let's go to the other side. That's the promise of God for you. So whatever happens, you've got that promise. See, see the difference. Rather than just, I just, God, where are you? I'm going to speak to the storm. They had a word. I want to encourage you. Some of you, you've not pushed into faith. And you're succumbing to fear because you don't understand that God wants to speak a specific phrase, a word into your situation and circumstance that is very real, that makes sense, that you can use to battle the storm and say, still, that you can do this because God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak into your situation. So you just got to find that word where you go, Faith is in my heart for this situation and this circumstance, so I'm going to speak to it. It's so important to just read the word, because that's why Jesus could go to sleep. Because he knew, we're going to go to the other side. Let's go to the other side. That's why he could speak to the storm to be still. And It's probably a demonic thing and whatever else is happening. We don't have time to talk about that. But he's like, guys, I told you we were going to go to the other side. What are you freaking out for? And that's why we've got, we've got to understand God sees the potential. God sees the promises. So we've got to read the promises. God. a great. Here's one promise. I'll be with you always. Even to the end of the age. So wherever you are, God's, that's God's promise. The darkest moment Whatever the situation, God's with you. God's with you. That's what you've got to remember. In those moments, in that in that in-between phase, where well, what does this mean? What's gonna happen? I don't understand. What I can tell you is that He will be with you always, even to the end of the age. That is a promise that you can hold on to. That you can say, Okay, I, I need to I just need your presence here. I need to know you're here. Show mm-hmm. me you're here. You, faith in your heart rises up at that moment of God god you're here let me see you. help me see you I want to be still and know you and know that you're God in this moment so that God sees the potential rather than the problem and he sees your life he gives you a promise the next phase is the problem and the process God is over everything but There are storms. There are fears. There are genuine, real problems and challenges that we face in our life. There are. And God has... He upholds all things by the power of his word, but he lets stuff happen. Part of the problems and the process of us growing in faith and understanding God's sovereignty and what he's doing I think, when God says something to you, whatever it is, pick your biggest challenge, and you get a word from God, a phrase, something that goes, hey, hey, God knows and He cares and He speaks into my situation. This is what happens next, is part of this problem of just Because it's okay when you're in your room or wherever it is. It's a beautiful service, whatever it is. Maybe it was a prophetic word that's, that was amazing. And you've got this phrase. But then you've got to go back to what we call the real life. You go and you leave that moment and you keep walking. What you have to do is come back, even in the moment in your heart, and go, God has told me this. And you can walk around and you do this thing because what happens in normal life is this this environment, circumstances, scream at you and say something against you. Say something, oh, God can't do this, it's impossible, whatever it is. Probably even your own brain saying, nah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. God can't do this. Whatever it is that screams around it, those things. There's so many the other voices in our own mind. Or well, maybe it's just me. Uh, but everywhere else and in the world that's coming against and bringing normal to your situation. And the challenge is that we live for the kingdom of God. And so we're in this battle between the two worlds of what I can see and what I can't see. And this is why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. How do you walk by faith and not by sight when everything that you see is so much clearer, so much more obvious, it screams louder. That's part of the problem and the process in the middle of all of that. What do you do? I'll tell you what Jesus did. And and we, we know this scripture, Psalm twenty two. Because we, we, this is the thing that we comfort ourselves with, where it's like, in the middle of the problems, Jesus said, like, we all know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we go, like, yeah, so Jesus is like us. He totally understands what it is when God's absent from our situation and our problem. And so, isn't that cool? Because what happened to Jesus happened to us. So, I don't think that's what Jesus was doing. I don't think at that moment, Jesus is like, you know what, what will help everybody? Oh. Psalm 22, verse 1 to 2. Let's say that. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he doesn't say much more. Because it was very difficult to breathe, number one, and actually speak out loudest, even harder. I don't think that was for your comfort and mine. I don't. Why? Because Jesus was a human being as well as God. I don't think he knew the scriptures, and I don't have time to read Psalm 22. But it starts, "Where are you?" and ends up, "God, you're victorious, and I will declare your goodness." It, it's it. There's a whole thing. I think what Jesus was doing in that moment was something that you and I need to do when we face those battles, problems, and difficulties. We need to come back to the Word of God and speak it over our situation and our circumstance. He says this, but it ends. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people, yet unborn, he has done it. I think when he said it is finished, he got to the end of the psalm. I don't think he's like, Oh, this is way to open God. Where are you? This is just cool that you're not here. I think he's like, I don't think that you're here, but I'm going to say this psalm by the end of it. He, on it. This is what the Lord said to Joshua keep this word on your iPhone and read it occasionally, and it will go well for you. Highlight it as well, share it. Everything will be smashing. It will, will you will we drop the bag or whatever it is. I have no idea. He said everything where you say the you speak it out. That's where faith comes by hearing the word from God. And so I want to encourage you, in your deepest moment where you think where you like Jesus on the cross, everyone is spewing against you and saying all stuff against you. Nobody that was with you is there. They've all left. Whatever dark circumstance you find yourself, you need to find your Psalm twenty-two and speak it. Speak it out. Sing it out. Do something with it. But say it. Declare it. And part of the process, if we go to the next slide. He's understanding bigger picture if we come back to this, that he's seeing not just the problem, but he's seeing you. Because we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He might be the firstborn among those brothers and sisters. Those he predestined, he called, those he called, he justified, those he justified, he saw glorified. So when Jesus sees our challenges and our problems and our circumstances, our fears and all of that stuff, I encourage you to think it's not just this that he sees. He's at work in your life and my life to transform us into the image of Jesus. And even though it's not part of his plan, he's going to purpose it. It's not like, oh, well, this is what I want to do, or I want you to have this, and have this, all these major disasters and dramas and problems and and traumatic situations. He's like, okay, I can use this for my glory, and this will help you become more and more like my son, Jesus. That's part of the, the purpose and the problems and the pain that God is actually in those moments, see, I was—I I was, I, I know this because we're all—we've all had bad things and difficult situations. So I was reading the Bible this year, I'm starting to read the whole Bible through in a year. I am um, reading the Egyptians about and 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 the, the the deliverance the Israelites had and Moses and everything, and I am looking at it going. These people are a pack of Like well, They'll just complain. Like, honestly, this is so bad. I'm like, you know, Lord, this is. And then I felt like I was saying, well, does it remind you of anybody? And I started to think of, no. Like, I knew. I like, I'm like sitting there going, you're right. I really. Because right. here's the thing I started my prayer time with fix the problem. And God's like, yeah, I will. But before we get there, can we just talk about you? And who you remind me of. And I'm like, oh,
1: uh, that's just, that's something.
0: What about my problem? Oh, you okay. But let's work on you. And it's a funny story, but I think I encourage you that even in the difficult moments, God's at work, not just in your situation, but God's like, you are my workmanship. I want to let you use this problem to create Jesus in you if you let me, if you let me. But you've got to let him. And I think that's part of what this thing and it comes back to the last point. We go to the next slide, proven faith. Consider it pure joy, because this is where everyone's like, oh, I don't like this verse. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lack like anything. Or Peter says something similar. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy... He has given us the new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have hoped to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. What God is doing in this thing is actually testing the genuineness of your faith. It's not a pass or fail test like Gary would give for his year two people. That's you failed. I'm sorry. That's it. You have to repeat again. It's not that type of test. It's an assessment as to see where you are. What is the quality of your faith? So we can all, after this, attest the quality of the food out there. It's not like i want to is this good? Is this coffee? This qual- is it. What's it? It's not about, is this tea or coffee fail or not? It's actually, it is what it is. It's faith. The God wanting to change the nature of it to make it more and more like the faith that he has in us and through us. And so that's the the hard part. Because what God is trying to do in us is and through us is actually use these challenging times and moments to go, okay, we, can, we can get better, we can improve, and this faith, it, 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 it's going to grow. It's going to grow, because the only way it's going to grow is if it's actually tested. If you sit down all day, your muscles will waste away. But if you are actually tested, if you are actually using it, it's going to grow. Just that sometimes that's hard but what I want to that's the reason I share this story this whole message is that you need to come back to whatever your situation and your circumstance to the barriers the problems the opportunities the obstacles the, the fears that you have and recognize that while you're actually coming to God to say God He's also looking at you and your heart, and he's got a plan and a purpose for you. And he's like, oh, I see you. I'm going to use this not just to help you change the situation. but I'm going to change you. Because I have a longer term vision of you being more and more like Jesus. I wonder if the, the team could come. Because I think the challenge is we look at this and think, Comfort. Fix my problem. And God sees this, but God is not interested in your comfort. He's interested in his glory and wanting to use you for his glory. And he's wanting to bring more and more like Jesus. I think as we become more like Jesus, we pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. And we die, we die. die to ourselves and our egos. But in that space God is still caring, God still loves us. And this is what Jesus talks about, that he sees this, the sparrows. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He cares about all of this stuff for you and I. Oh, it's just that he doesn't want us to be as focused on this. He wants us to be focused on him and our relationship. And in that dynamic, he wants to. I think that's the only way that we can get the promises from God hold on to in the middle of those battles. But, let just go to the next slide just for a moment. One of the things you need to realize that you are in this alone, that he lives with you jesus intercedes for you today i love this phrase simon simon satan has asked to sift you as wheat but i have prayed for you simon that your faith not might fail and when you've turned back strengthen your brothers jesus is praying for you and i now so whatever battle is coming against you maybe satan himself Jesus is praying for you. He wants to turn your situation around, and when you're turned around, you go and help other people. You go and help others. There's a couple of other scriptures. Two more quick last thoughts as we go to the next one. We need to pray though. How do you how do you actually practically do this? How do I get a promise from God? How do I do this? you need to be building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. So I pray in tongues. God speaks. God speaks. And I'm like, something happens here where faith is ignited in my heart. So when I'm reading something, that's exactly what I need to hear. Because it's not just knowledge. Pharisees knew this. They knew it all. It's a relationship with the Word of God and a relationship with God, it comes alive. So we need to read, we need to pray, but I'd encourage you the last thing as a result of this, this will help you. We need each other. How can you encourage? You need to encourage other people in their faith. So I sent Timothy, your brother and co-worker in the God service and spreading the gospel to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. First Thessalonians five: encourage one another and build each other up. Just the fact that you were doing, or Romans one that you and I may be mutually encouraged in each other's faith. I think for me, that's that's like, how do you actually do this? Recognize that Jesus is praying for you. We need to keep praying, but then ultimately we need to do this on a horizontal thing and encourage one another in our faith. Is some part of the story. We may, not, we may be at the beginning where you're like, God's seeing something for us. I'm seeing what God's seeing over my life. But you may be in the middle of this storm that you go, I don't know where God is in this moment. And it could be someone that comes to you and says, hey, this is what God has said. Where do we uh, stand this morning? There's a lot to think about, a lot to um, put into our life. But I, I just wanted the team to sing this song. I will make room for you. Just allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life. Allow him to speak, to whisper.
1: Make a move the air. to truly action. She truly gave make I will make the a little see to do it The man. a of a lot of I make a you for you pretty here I would sit here with little hot of man. They don't stay down the big Hold my trinity the and pray down the bows. Hold Wall my independent the, the and be already an babe They jumped you know. at the arm all once and head the sun and pray down the walls. and make full wife go the yeah, I'll it i i barely it in you know, with a you the same. To, to live
0: in the You're going to pray for us today. Can I encourage you? Some of you are facing a battle that's super challenging. Jesus is with you. Find what he's saying about your situation. What he's saying to you in that moment that you can hold on to. You can say, God. And I think sometimes that's hard when you're in that storm. So I'm going to pray for us, pray God's blessing, but I'm going to open up the front as well because I recognize there are people that maybe you need something else. You need God to come alongside you and remind you and encourage you and speak into that moment, into that situation because you've lost sight of, because of all of the challenge and all of the difficulties that you're facing. You need to remember that God loves you. He has a fulfilled future for you. So I'm going to pray and got morning tea and all that type of stuff. But if you would love prayer, love us to stand with you, to pray with you, why don't you come out the front and we'd like lay hands on you, believe that God's going to speak into your life. Father, I thank you that you are at work. You're always working. Even when we don't see it, you're what working. So we want to make room in our hearts, in our life for what you want to do in and through us. Lord, we recognize there are, there are challenges, there are fears, there are things that we are, obstacles and, and things that are coming against us as we determine in our heart to live for you, to make an impact for you. But I pray that faith in our heart would rise as we hear a word from God that speaks to the situation and we would be able to speak to those storms. we will be able to set that narrative, Lord. Lord, let Lord, your kingdom come. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we would pray it into being. I pray as the church, family, community, that we would encourage one another. Lord, those that Lord uh, uh, just know their God and can do excellence will come alongside and, and pray and speak. For those that feel weak and overwhelmed, I thank you that you're with them we pray as a church, we would gather around them and bless them, speak words of life into their situation and circumstances, but Lord, we choose to, Lord, align our heart and mind with you, that we would have faith in God, we have faith of God in our situations, that we will be able to speak to the mountain to be moved and cast into the sea. I pray of those who have said, and go, well, this is enough, and, Lord, like, like those tribes that stayed on the other side. Oh, it's, this is okay, but Lord, I, I know you're calling us to, to make room, to do more. And so, Lord, like pray that warriors would rise up and be able to speak, have the sword of the Spirit on their lips, to speak into the situations and the circumstances to see your victory come, see your will be done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, God bless you. Make sure you encourage somebody, talk to them. But hey, we're going to open this up. Love to pray with you and stand with you this morning. Thank you for listening to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au.